You're listening to your MBA podcast with Larry O'Brien. Welcome to the Larry O'Brien MBA podcast. Oh, Larry? <laughs> Stop laughing. This is very professional. Mr. O'Brien. Larry can't be with us uh, this week. So your guest host this week is uh, David and Kane. I mean, it's big shoes because, you know, he's the original commissioner of the NBA. Um, uh, he must be like a hundred and... 50 years old at this point so yeah must be doing some it's gonna be hard to fill in fill in for him i personally feel privileged and honored to be asked to guest host this week with you i mean then he didn't talk to me so he must have he must have talked to you right and asked you to fill in for this podcast i definitely felt that he talked to me let me start this today's episode with something a bit serious last week briefly touched on the kyle rittenhouse trial. Uh, Kyle Ritterhouse, of course, is the 17-year-old who was accused or who did shoot and kill uh, two people as well as injuring um, a third person during last year's Kenosha riots. So the big development this week, of course, is that the verdict um, came in and unfortunately he was found innocent. I read something that was really, uh, that resonated with me this week which had nothing to do with the trial. It was just something I, I read. And it was that it's easier to fool people than to convince people they've been fooled, which I think is very relevant in capturing my feelings. That's a, that's a Mark Twain uh, quote, I believe. Also, Kim Kardashian said that once too, <laughs> um, as, a, as a tweet. Okay. <laughs> so two, two very... Iconic. Philo- philosophical people. Iconic for the thoughts and feelings. Great Americans. Yeah. yeah. Great American writers. Let me add myself to that list. I, I also read that um, the judge was also very particular about not allowing the um, prosecution to uh, name people that came to the defense of others. Like th- there was the guy that got shot in the chest, uh, skate, like a guy w- trying to hit Kyle with a skateboard when he uh, originally killed someone. Ahire had killed someone at this point. Killed, shot them in the back. So that's not that, that that doesn't like you know look good. Obviously, when you shoot someone in the back, it probably means that they were running away. Um, but when he shot the when the skateboarder came out, the guy with the skateboard came over to try to hit Kyle and like try to stop him. He shot him in the chest, and um, they the judge said to please refrain him from calling a hero. He didn't want to use the word victim. I heard, I read that he didn't want to name the people that died, the two people that died as victims, because that would also paint Kyle in a way of uh, culpability, I suppose. Right, which is a bit strange. It's a bit strange, because if the prosecution is arguing their case, of they should be allowed to use the language to paint the, the case, right? Yeah, because what else would you call the people that was shot and died? Whether they're good people or bad people, yeah. that's a separate issue but they they are victims of the crime right they're victims of the gunshot i I don't know what you call the yeah targets how about use targets how about targets the other thing i read was that obviously like why he was there like why he was there matters and that's probably the big thing that gets me like he was there with a big assault rifle because he was he was asking for it and he even quoted like pre um the killings that he was there to like you know, um, something like he was there to 
deal damage if you know if he was caught upon like he was ready to deal damage kind of thing like that like he went there as a 17 year old a minor with an illegally purchased weapon uh, weapon so that should be like obviously a big red flag that he he's not actually um, allowed to handle guns of any types not let alone like a he's not even getting charged for that either ar-15 or something like that um but the important thing to note with this um, trial that I read was that it's not the context that was important. The way that the court case was um, framed was that what would you do in this situation if you were Kyle? Like, do you consider this self-defense? Which feels very like in a vacuum. Like, yeah, I guess it's possible because there were people attacking him. He was running away at some point. There was someone that aimed a gun at him. Um, for like a trained, like I'm no trained gunman, but if I were to go there with the premise of defending businesses and defending my, it's not even his hometown. He traveled like, he went in his car from Illinois and drove hours to Kenosha. So that's one thing. But anyway, he was trying to defend businesses. He was there to help out his fellow um, people, white people, obviously, because he's also like a renowned racist at this point because he was hanging out with Proud mm. Boys and holding up the, the white mm. um, hand symbol as well. Yeah, I, I couldn't, I, there was no point in like reading that where I was thinking like, okay, this guy's like self-defense, self-defense. Because maybe if he killed one person, you can make the argument because it didn't look good. He shot him in the back, so that's not great. But maybe if he killed one person, but what, why are you continuing to fight and kill people, you know? And if someone comes at you with a skateboard, your next course of action is not to attack them and shoot them with an assault rifle. Wouldn't it be to try to run away mm. or to scream and to yell and get attention? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, he is 17. He was 17 at the time. And he probably never fired a gun or very inexperienced firing a gun. And he wasn't prepared. And he was just in the moment, got lost in the moment and just decided to fire his assault rifle. Yeah, and, and the result of that is that you go to jail. You should go to jail for the rest of your life. Just because you don't know how to operate. And you killed people. Exactly. You killed people. Don't give me an excuse that you're young, you don't know how to use this weapon, it's your first time using this weapon. You shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have the gun in the first place. I'm inexperienced. That's why I pulled the trigger and kept my hand on the trigger while I shot, like, you know, multiple rounds. Mm. Because I thought I was in danger. Because I was in danger, where I didn't know how to use the gun. Well, too bad. But the thing is, he doesn't know he was in danger. So he was running away, apparently, and then at some point, he heard they like they heard gunfire. The person that got killed didn't have a weapon. Like, why would his in, his instincts shouldn't ever to be killed to, to kill someone, right? You want to protect a business, use a weapon to scare people away, right? Not to actually kill people. Like, he was there to look for some action. Okay, put it this way: What did Kyle think he was getting into by going there with the assault rifle? Asked in a reverse way: What if? let's say a black citizen went to one of those Proud Boys or racist riots with an assault weapon, what, did, what would that black person expect to happen at that riot? Probably he would expect the rioters to turn on him. He would probably expect to get, be chased down or be threatened. And at that point, would it be okay for him to shoot his assault rifle at people? They're yelling, I'm going to kill you. They're probably yelling the N-word. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think this is this is why a trial like this is ratio. Look, I've seen some of the reactions from the NBA, and I do agree with the reactions. People are saying, you know, you can't be discouraged. Obviously, this is disappointing. Um, Some people say it's not unexpected, but the point is, you know, you can't let you can't give in to to this and just give up. I guess for me, what's most disappointing is that I feel like this gives reasons and excuses for future uh, gunmen like this to feel more emboldened to take action yeah. when they feel threatened and to claim that it was in self-defense. White, white, vigilant, white exactly. vigilantes, basically. When it's them themselves who are putting themselves in danger, when you're waving an assault rifle that's meant for military action, you're actually putting other people in danger. And how do you think those other people are going to respond to you? And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Well said. Yeah, I... <laughs> Thank you. I, I do like the response from um, yeah, the NBA community. Um, just, I, I think there was a really... Um, there was a long text thread from uh, Fred mm. Van Vliet talking about the situation and not being discouraged by that too. You know, it's not always about basketball players, you know, just having their opinions. Obviously, we, this is an NBA show, so that's why we're putting emphasis on it. Um, but yeah, like, like to echo your point, I, I do agree that it, it, it's surprising to me that so many of them were so unsurprised mm. by the result. Are you a Kyrie fan? Do you own his jerseys, merchandise, shoes, and Top Shot highlights? Do you recognize him as one of the top 75 players of all time? Are you now afraid of going out with all of this gear because you might be labeled anti-vaxxer? Fear not anymore. Now presenting the Hermetic Friends face mask, made from genuine CO buffalo leather. Hard to breathe, but also hard to identify. Buy yours today for only $100. All proceeds goes towards Kyrie's investigation COVID and the alliance against the master computer. Okay, Kate, um, let's get into some lighter um, topics here. What, what have we got here on, on the show this week that can cheer our listeners up? How about Chris McGowan uh, steps down as president of the Blazers? The Blazers themselves are launching an investigation into GM. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is that is anybody going to be left in the front office? They're investigating front office GM uh, Neil O'Shea because staffers have alleged toxic and hostile work environment that spans uh, over 10 years. An environment of intimidation, public profanity-laced tirades, mental anguish. Jesus, this sounds like the Ben Simmons complaint. Among other bullying tactics. Okay, that's a lot. That's That's a lot of accusations. Well, we said, I think we were going to talk about this weeks ago, but I think we just kept this mm. in the back burner because this is an ongoing investigation. And uh, yeah, like it's still um, being looked into by the NBA. Um, but he, he, like the thing is too, like Neil O'Shea has been running the Blazers for a long time. Like, I, I don't know, like has, did he draft Damon Lillard as well? He's, he's been there for like nine, like over nine years. He's been there for a long time. It's kind of actually a, a creepy kind of guy, um, a little sleazy. Well, what I want to know is, um, so because he's been there for such a long time and apparently the uh, reports of him uh, kind of uh, having this environment of intimidation and, and you know, bullying and stuff like that only kind of uh, popped up in the mm. last few weeks. 
or you know, basically at the beginning of the season because we're into week five, week six now. Um, where, like, it's sort of like the John Gruden uh, situation. Like, how? Why is this popping up now? Why hasn't this ever percolated before? Because we, we've we've heard stories about you know other people like time and time again, and we just think like okay, like you know, like we like we did with the Suns mm. owner Robert Sava. Like we've heard those um, those trends of stories about him being cheap and him being a little bit of you know old school is not even the right word, but you know in that sort of era of of ownership. Like we've heard those um, rumors for a long time, but this is kind of like all of a sudden. So um, I guess what I'm hoping for an investigation is like, when did it really start? You know, did it really start this entire time in his 10 year, 10 years um, stint as the general manager? Has he always been, how has he silenced people? How has he kept people like not going to the media to talk about this? Um, how many like, what was the turnover? Because we've heard with the Suns, like there's so many people that left mm. the left their jobs with the Phoenix Suns because they were so um, unhappy with the jobs when they were working. They were so um, like emotionally depleted from working there and like listening to Robert Sava's terrible jokes <laughs> and like you know how good his <laughs> wife is at, in bed and stuff like that. That like they couldn't take it anymore. I want to know those details before jumping to the conclusion of like his. Like a I, I, I'm definitely like you know on the side that you know he's he needs to go like let's just cancel him, but I kind of want to know those details before commenting basically because I I don't think we got to get onto the mailing list of like Neil O'Shea, John Gruden, um, Robert Sarver. They're just like trading pics of their <laughs> wives and spouse. Trading. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what's what's up with like what's up with all these. Like, it's, it seems like it's happened all of a sudden. Like, in the last few weeks, it's just, like, big names after big names being, like, like outed, basically. I suspect it's because there's additional focus. There's increased focus in this area, and that's um, mm. allowed people to step forward. Because, like you said, this is nothing new. And even the allegations themselves, they're alleging this has been, uh, this has been business as usual spanning over 10 years, right? So it's not a recent yeah. thing. It's just... Uh, no, but it's recent in terms of it being reported. It hasn't ever been reported before. Now I remember what really bugged me about Neo Shea. It was actually uh, in okay, the preseason yeah. when they hired um, Chauncey Billups and it came out that he raped he oh, raped true. someone yes. in, in his rookie season. And Neo Shea... Um, he said that they done they've done their internal due diligence, and then the report I think asked him something to the effect of like who who did the due diligence like who actually wrote the report, and he was like, I've seen the report. It's like you know you don't need to worry about it, and it turned out that they did the due diligence themselves. It wasn't even an outside counsel. No conflict of interest. Yeah, exactly. There. He did it. Apparently, he did it himself. <laughs> we wrote he, the report. He wrote it. We wrote the report because we wanted him. So. <laughs> It's like, who wrote the report? And he's like, yes. I did. Becky Hammond, uh, you know, she's good. She was good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that's the other one. Yeah, that's right. She was good for a girl, you know, like we... Yeah, what did he say? He, he was like, she made it to the ownership round. <laughs> it was an amazing job. Thank you, Becky. Thank you. Yeah, I got, I, I luckily found it. <laughs> she did a great job making as far as the owner interview in the 
process isn't easy. She made it all the way to the ownership level, which is an endorsement. <laughs> it's crazy because that's like a couple of interviews, right? That's at least two interviews. There you go, sweetheart. That's it, sweetheart. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, sweetheart. That's 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 awesome. You made it all the way to the ownership. You should be proud of yourself. Where's that smile? Where's that smile? Come on. There we go. There's a smile. I was not surprised to hear these accusations about Neil O'Shea. Not to say that I expected it, but this is clearly a guy that's very sly, very sleazy. I, I guess I hadn't picked up on radar because the the Blazers have been such a... Because I guess the Sava news, but the Suns um, has been on radar because the Suns have been so terrible as a franchise for so long until, you know, obviously recent success, getting to the finals last year. But the Blazers have been such a steady, steady franchise and him being the general manager, making all those sound decisions uh, where, where they're just constantly going, you know, even like more recently, like getting mellow and like, you know, turning mellow, you know, back in into a, a like a non-ego player. It's, it's a big move, you know, like meshing with the stars with, you know, CJ and Dame. I think there's a lot of great moves that he's made over his 10 years to keep them relevant and being in position where they're always uh, in, in the thick of the playoffs. So I guess that's why it's always escaped me because I just thought it's such a, um, like a steady front office. Given that over the summer, Dame kind of recommitted unofficially, I, I suppose, um, but it's well known that he's recommitted right. to the Blazers. He's not going to ask for a trade. I thought that would have put that sort of lingering um, question out of mind and therefore they can play a lot better. But he's got up to a really slow start. And I don't know how, mm. I even forgot they, they've hired Billups. And clearly Billups is not really making a difference there. I mean, just before uh, the recent game, they were only six and eight. They've won, now won mm. three in a row. So they're picking it up. But if you also look at Dame's stats, he's averaging 20 points per game. That's like putrid for him. That's like, he hasn't averaged 20 points per game since his right. sophomore season, like his second season in the NBA. He's also getting 38% from field goal percentage and 28% from three-point um, field goal percentage, um, which probably speaks to the fact that they're down a lot, so he's like having to force shots a lot more. Um, but it just also speaks to this team just having some kind of... Uh, they've had a tough schedule, though, let's be honest. Like They've had a, like, a super tough schedule. So I think... Uh, and they still like still at a tough... Like, the recent three games are against the Raptors, the Bulls, and the Sixers, and they beat all of them. And they still got the Nuggets next and the Warriors in a couple... Uh, they've got the Warriors and the Jazz next week. So they just have had a hectic schedule. Um, it, it should get easier uh, as the season goes along. Um, but it, it doesn't help. <laughs> like, they've just had a hectic schedule. Right, right. And the, but they're 9-8, you know? They're That's respectable. Eight. So they're, they're going to mm. get there. And Dames, I assume, just going to improve, especially if he's recommitted. But I don't think this, um, you know, this investigation swirling of the organization is going to do um, Damien any favors if he's, I, I think he's actually sitting on the fence still. I don't think he's fully oh. committed. I, I don't trust that report. It just like, I, I look at what the Warriors are doing. I, I, Jordan Poole is averaging more points than Dame, Damien Lillard at this point. The freaking, like, G, like Seth Curry and, and this team full of G-leaguers Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, Kevin Looney, all players are starting for this team. All players have spent significant time uh, on, on in the G League, the Development League, 
and now they're all starting and they're like the and they've got the NBA's best record. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Are you saying Dame saw I think Davis is ruffles and go, uh-uh, not my type of chip. <laughs> I want that San Fran kettle cook stuff. That's right. The high-end stuff. I wouldn't like that, but the crazy thing is, like, the Warriors have the best record, and they're not even playing every game with Dre, and obviously mm. Clay, uh, Clay Thompson isn't back yet, and I don't know, he's probably the best shooting guard in the league when he comes back. That's just how lucky the Warriors are, you know? He'll come back from ACO and he'll just resume getting 60% three-point three field goal percentage. I think it'll be good for the NBA if Dame actually joined the Warriors. I know this will be terrible news for both of us. Obviously, this well, the Lakers aren't... I mean, they're just going backwards even now. Well, the Lakers are below 500. We'll talk about the crypt that they've dug themselves in. Um, but certainly Dame joining the Warriors, that it, it'd be over for your Nets as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, this is way too early, but like, if if the Warriors get Dame and Clay eventually, and Dre is playing super motiva- motivated, they already murdered the Nets like last Yikes. week. Um, so the Nets are just not gonna get. Like honestly, the Nets' only chance is getting Kyrie back, but uh, we, I don't even know what Kyrie oh, is at this point. So he's like wearing a tinfoil hat. So let's talk about the, the, your beloved Nets here for a second. If there was a showcase game, it was the game last week when they played against the Warriors at home, no less. In Barclay, yeah, in the Nets' home. In, in, the Bar- in, Brooklyn. in Brooklyn. But what was interesting, I didn't quite notice it while I was watching the game, but apparently there's, there was a lot of Golden State Warriors fans in the stands, and they were cheering for Steph. You know, the Knicks went like three games, and... Th- New York is going bananas. The Nets got KD, Harden, playing at home, and people are cheering for Steph. This got to make you feel some way. Uh, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't feel great. Uh, I rather not talk about it. But if I had to kind of guess why there are so many away fans in Brooklyn, is because um, the Nets still don't have a presence mm. in Brooklyn. As in, like New York is still a Knicks town. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Brooklyn is obviously part of New York, but it's not really like, it's too small of a market to just be like, oh, um, you know, everyone in Brooklyn loves Nets, kind of thing like that. So, and because Brooklyn's quite like a gentrified city, there's gonna be a lot of transplants from other cities that are gonna live there and gonna root for other teams and stuff like that, especially when the Warriors are so well-traveled, so, so, like affluent people that can like actually travel and and attend these games these are prime time seats that mm. probably cost like a thousand dollars to even get like mm. halfway decent seats so not everyone in brooklyn who are from brooklyn or from new york and nets fans can afford those seats um the other thing is the nets haven't deserved like any kind of rooting as in like any like fan endorsement like all like you know celebration because well, one they played shit that game so what fan would be cheering on the dance when they down right. like 20 to right. 30 on prime time and the other thing is Steph is playing really well and Steph is exciting so obviously you're going to be excited watching this you know amazing player play just so well and um and 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 the other thing is the nest like it, more karma like more karma related the nets deserve it if you play shit, don't expect 
like anyone to cheer your team like that's what fans do they get angry and they get upset when you play shit and bad and you know you deserve to be booed mm. basically like you want the you want the home stadium to stop chanting all the team's names mvp then do something about it win these games that matter that on on win in prime time and make that statement oh. don't go down at home by 20 and fold in, under the bright lights like you got to make a statement and you got to show that you belong in a conversation with the best teams but the the nets have lost to the bulls the warriors now um the did i say the bulls already um the bucks the cavs the heat uh and i think the hornets as well they no, beat, they the, beat cavs. the cavs but like apart from the Hornets, they, they all four of those teams are, are title contenders and they've lost to all of them any of the every team every time they've gone on like espn or some primetime uh event they've lost and you know you you want to make a statement you want to show mm. like the you know the brooklyn nets are the 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 favorites to win the championship then go out and, and show it and prove it in those big moments but they haven't yet and it's like harden isn't playing well kd had a really bad game against the warriors um and and joe harris is injured and out so i mean there's a lot of excuses and you know you don't like to see that um showing from the fans at in, in a home in a home game but they deserve it because they played shit and that's what you get when you play shit it's um i i, I know it's difficult kane you know Outside, you've got fans cheering for Kyrie, who's not even playing. Inside, people are turning MVP <laughs> for the wrong for the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, for Steph, to opposing who's like players, fucking to, yeah, destroying play. you by twenty points. I, I understand, yeah. King. It's yeah. okay. He scored like thirteen eight points in that game. <laughs> Kevin Durant and James Harden sat out the entire fourth quarter, and Steph was still playing in the fourth quarter. He was playing against oh. like rookies and bench and like deep bench players just putting up three-point shots from half court and and sinking them and he deserves to be he deserves it because you know like the nets folded the nets like flew the white flag and and rightfully so the right the warriors just stepped on their throats and said no we're gonna go all like we're gonna fucking destroy you and like i don't mind because the nets deserve that because they've just played horrible they need to learn from this experience. It's a bad game, so they need to learn from it, get better, dissect the tape, and just get right for the next big game, big game, which is next week against the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix, that'll be a great game because they're both like, you know, only like three, four losses. Um, that's gonna be a big game. I want the, the Nets need to destroy the Suns. Unless I'm gonna be talking shit about the Nets okay. again. Well, Nets fans, bring your Devin Booker jersey. I don't want to hear Devin Booker <laughs> all-star jersey. All, everyone that wears Devin Booker gets, like, free hot dogs. <laughs> That's the Nets promotion for that <laughs> night. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, Kane, I would offer you a spot on the Lakers bandwagon, but uh, this wagon's lost its wheel a couple of weeks ago, and now it's just, I don't, I don't know what's happening. LeBron's back. Yeah? Has that made a difference? Answer is no. Oh, uh, they did lose by like 30. Jesus yeah. Christ. Kane, what's... Look, On the, the only good news out of Lakerland this week is uh, the Staples Center has officially renamed itself as Crypto.com Arena, which is not a great name with the .com. That's kind of <laughs> weird. But the nickname, the Crypt, I like it. Mm. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I like that too. The That's crypt. hot. Yeah, it's nice. The Crypt. But uh, did Crypto.com, like, uh, okay that sort of nickname? I don't 
think so. They should have a lot of pull, considering they injected $700 million to get the, the naming rights. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. What's the, what's the Smoothie King's nickname? The well, that's, so this got people thinking and talking. The fact that there's, you know, these arenas have an official name, right? Let's say the TD Garden, um, or TD Garden Arena, or whatever it's called. But people just call it the Garden. Where the Boston Celtics play. Where the play. Celtics play. And obviously, Crypto.com Arena, people just are calling it the Crypt. And that's probably going to stick around rather than Crypto.com, which I don't know how, if that's a benefit to Crypto.com. Crypt, I think, has a different connotation than crypto.com but this got people thinking like should it's fine that arenas have like the official name but should we just refer to arenas by like some other moniker what's an appropriate one for a smoothie king one Uh, i like the smooth this the the king no the how about zion's eating trolley (laughs) (laughs) gm training center (laughs) how about zion's buffet We haven't heard from Gail in a while, actually. Remember, we used to have Gail on the on the show. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> she was like back when Anthony, da- like <laughs> talking about Anthony Davis. <laughs> she was quite racial. Now it's quite, like Zion. She was quite controversial. She's a she's an old lady, you know. She, she's from a different time, okay. you know. Like she 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 had a she had a way of talking to people of that color. Let's just put it that way. Put it that way. Um, well, like uh, on the Lakers though, they're only just below 500. So there's no like, not time to panic, but it's just considering like the games when you watch <sighs> them, they seem so disjointed. And, uh, like, I, I, I really think like you really, I really said at the beginning, like the only, like the only silver lining that I could think of with how Russell Westbrook would fit into this team is that this is going to be the most important, uh, uh, like strategic decision, a strategic focus that the the uh, 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 Frank Vogel mm. and staff are going to consider when like uh, working the game plan, or like working how this how the schemes work for this team. Because getting Russell Westbrook integrated and not a liability on this team is so important. Because we know how LeBron works, we know how AD works, like in his prime when he's not injured. That we don't have to worry about them. Mm-hmm. They're fine. They know how to play within the system. It's get it's just getting Russell Westbrook involved and useful and uh, beneficial within the system. Uh, that is the main question mark. And it just seems that they haven't really found uh, his right talents on this team. And yeah, too too often like you're just wasting it. Like uh, LeBron, when LeBron's on the court and, and and Russell's on the court, he doesn't do anything. It's just Russell. LeBron that yeah. is... Yeah, that's right. Russell Westbrook doesn't do anything. He just stands just in the stands corner. And, and he's, not, he's not helpful standing in the corner. And when he does get a shot, like, he just chucks it up like a brick, like, hits to, like hits the top of the backboard. Or, like, he he only gets, like, five seconds to go. To be fair, a quarter of the time he turns it over, so he didn't even get a shot off. A turnover because he only gets, like, maybe a few seconds to do something. He just gets the ball and, like, okay, fuck, i got to do something. Right. I'm just going to throw this in the air and then ad like ad for some reason is taking a like step back yeah i mean i was never a huge huge ad fan i think the obviously the the bubble playoffs that was big time but Mm. i mean even in the regular season last year and in their championship year like ad without lebron is kind of ineffective Mm. 
he can't be your number one go-to person if you want to win a championship. Ooh. No, it's true. I don't think that's controversial at all. I don't think it's controversial, but I just think... Where are you going? Come back. Where, where are you going, Kane? The Brooklyn game's not over yet. Where, where are you going? Oh, I was uh, opening the <laughs> don't, door don't, for Larry. Don't leave now. I was opening the door for Larry to come in. Better feng shui. <laughs> okay. Don't leave, Kane. Steph's not done scoring yet. I'm out. <laughs> oh my god. I had nightmares. Steph, like, <laughs> throwing the ball up. Like, this is perfect rainbow. And then turning around and celebrating. It's like, it's in those moments when he's, like, celebrating. You can't be angry because he just, he gets, he's just so good at getting the ball in. So, like, how can you get angry at someone? He's too good. He can't because he's so good. Like, he deserves to celebrate because he's, he's not missing. He's not like J.R. Smith. He's not clanking it off. Like, mm. he hits, like, 60% of his shots in. Like, how can you, how can you get upset? He's shimming. He's shimming before the shot goes in. Because mm -hmm. I've always kind of thought, <laughs> I always thought, like, the Warriors and Steph Curry were so lucky. Like that, they got married together because if if Steph got married, uh, got drafted by the Timberwolves or the the Knicks, right. like we would never probably see like Steph Curry would be as good as Seth Curry kind of thing. Like that's where that's right. what we will be. Right. Like it would just be a really good three point shooter and 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 not what we're seeing now. Seth Curry's pretty good. maybe yeah. maybe he'll be like all star level, but yeah, that's what I mean. Seth Curry's pretty good. So I'm thinking maybe with the Knicks. Or with the war, uh, with the wolves, he just wouldn't ever like get to that level where right. he is, you know, top ten player of all time, getting like getting there kind of thing. Look, and we can't forget that he was close to getting traded away because they wanted uh, Monte Monte Ellis Monte Monte. They wanted to keep. They wanted to keep. They wanted to keep Monte Ellis. Monte Ellis, and the fans were really yeah. mad and booed uh, Joe Lacob. I think it's Joe. Yeah, Lacob. they booed him while they were doing like some kind of ceremony, and then um, the uh, forgot the name of the former NBA player for the Warriors, like, like, like taking the mic and like scolding the the fan base for booing Joe, Joe Lacob. Remember, I forgot his name. I know that story, but I forgot the the player. And then, like after that, they turned it around and won like three championships, basically. Okay, the last thing we've got on the list is um, Sexton's out for the season with a meniscus tear. Isn't this a tear that Abid had? Joel Abid had in the yeah, playoff? Yeah, but maybe this is like... And just kept playing? Like, Yeah, but I think this is like a more complete tear and he had surgery. Because, uh, yeah, because yeah. um, yeah, Joel Embiid never had surgery. He was just doing like rehab. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think this was probably like a completely torn meniscus mm. as opposed to like a meniscus tear. Mm. This was like a torn, like it was gone. Um, that's my understanding of reading the articles. Um, and because of that, he had the surgery. And because you have the surgery, then you need to rehab for the entire season. So that means he's out for the season, which is, yeah. I, don't, I think this is his contract year as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Because he was dropped in 2018. So I think... This is his contract year, and like this is last rookie year, kind of thing like that. And there has been talk that they might trade one of those backcourt players, Garland mm, or Darius Garland, or Sexton, Sexland, sex Sexland. Well, it's only Sexland <laughs> if okay, sex they're land. together. Um, yeah, true. So now they're just the land, which hey, that's kind of cool too. Anyway, Kane, that's our show uh, for this week. 
hoped we did Mr. Larry O'Brien proud. Uh, we hope he'll be yeah, back next week. Sure. Um, yeah, Ho- hope he's well. Well, we have have we seen him? Have... Maybe maybe listeners should Google Larry O'Brien, just you know, so they so they know his whereabouts. You know, <laughs> in case we don't, in, in case it's something we don't know, because as far as we know, he's... check the Chinese newspapers. They seem to be finding missing people. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah I actually saw Larry O'Brien on um, on a, on social media in China called we in Weibo, and there was a picture of him at dinner. At a Chinese restaurant, it was like no problem. Loving this, uh, <laughs> loving this shrimp. I'm, uh, yeah, feeling super good and, uh, yeah, happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Larry. Where do you stand, David? Are you gonna speak up? What? Are you gonna speak to it? I'll huh? speak up. What, what, what are you referring We're to? Talking about. What are you referring to? Peng, Peng. Say her name. Her Say her name. <laughs> Where is she? Huh? Where is she's she? She's at home. I told you. She's she's at home with her family. President Xi. Yeah, but why haven't we heard from her? I think she's fine. She's not in danger. She's at home. She's probably just been uh, advised to... Advised from the Chinese government, right? This is Peng Shai. I'm so safe and happy. It's probably true, given how corrupt we know the CCP are. Okay, okay. Have you been talking to Annis Cantor again? Calm down. I didn't want to get into it. This is Peng Shai. Can't play Cantor. That's the alarming thing that, you know, despite uh, cries to hear, like, you know, how she's doing, it's been so secretive. That's the problem living in China. This is Peng Shai. No issues here. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I guess I won't hear from you next week. <laughs> That's it. No, what are you talking about? You're here for me and uh, Peng Shui together. <laughs> she'll be our guest. Uh, next. next. She'll, she'll <laughs> next call week, in like, next no? week. <laughs> turn your camera on. November Can you turn your 22nd. Camera? <laughs> I am eating well, Kane. It is delicious. <laughs> oh, it's great to hear. <laughs> okay, listeners. So glad to hear that. Um, please, listeners, uh, stay engaged. Don't, don't protest. If you see someone with an AR-15, just uh, leave, leave them alone and... Uh, Contact the authorities, please. Yeah. Apparently that person has license to shoot anyone he wants. Don't approach him. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. See ya. Kane, you are a little silly man. This is Peng Shai. You see, I am perfectly fine. No problem here. You read too much Libra left fake nudes. Thank you for listening to Your MBA Podcast with David and Kane. 
If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at Your MBA Podcast.